0: You're listening to Nostalgia B. Dan. The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. It is all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived very, very long lives they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day.
1: Hello everybody, my name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And you're listening to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from your childhood, you know, the ones you're nostalgic about, and we watch these movies objectively let you know, are they any good or are you just nostalgic about them?
0: This week, we watched 2003's horror remake, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird that uh, we do a movie that people aren't nostalgic about, because no one's nostalgic about this movie, Brandon. Why'd you let me watch this movie?
0: (laughs) So you would think that no one's nostalgic about this movie? I think this movie has probably a a pretty decent-sized fan base.
1: I don't know. I think you're the only person in the world who's nostalgic about this movie maybe some horror heads but
0: well yeah this is the reason i honestly wanted to bring it up because this i feel like should be credited as the reason we have so many horror remakes because in my opinion this is the first successful slasher horror remake uh that was anyway super successful at the box office because if we put ourselves in the perspective of 2003 We're just coming off these Dark Castle remakes. We had a couple like 13 Ghosts and Ghost Ship and House on Haunted Hill. Then in 2002, we got The Ring, which was pretty big. That was the remake of a Japanese title. And then we got a wave of those type of movies over the following years. To name a few, we got The Grudge, One Missed Call, Shudder, Quarantine, The Eye. I could fucking go on. But as far as I know, this was really like the first super successful slasher remake of the decade. And it kicked off this barrage of classic horror film remakes for the rest of 2000 to 2000, or 2003 anyway, to 2010 and on. But really, from just then after this movie, we got Dawn of the Dead. We got Halloween, Friday the 13th, Prom Night, The Hitcher, Black Christmas, When a Stranger Calls, House of Wax, Amityville Horror, My Bloody Valentine, Hills Have Eyes, The Omen, The Fog. It's just fucking never-ending. And then we still get them today. We got the Candyman trailer dropped a couple of days ago. We've got the upcoming Halloween sequel to the reboot. We've got Saw being rebooted as Spiral. Like This shit keeps going on, and I'm not saying none of it would have happened without this movie. I'm simply saying this is kind of an important movie for the early 2000s, and where horror went for the rest of the decade.
1: It's funny that you mentioned Black Christmas because that is actually a movie that uh, kind of ties into my watching of this movie when I originally saw it.
0: Wait, you saw the 2006 Black Christmas? Because we again we have to we have to clarify which one we're talking about because that one was then also remade last year in 2019.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so what happened was the, the 2006 version was that my friends and I snuck into this Texas Chainsaw movie when it came out um, because obviously we were not old enough to watch that movie without parental guidance. I forgot what we paid tickets for, but we paid tickets for a PG-13 movie, snuck into the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Bold. Yeah, and and thinking about it, it was pretty young. You
0: would have been like 11 or 12 or something like that in 2003?
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And it went on a string of like my friends and I sneaking into horror movies, and I remember Black Christmas was the last one we were going to go see. We were going to sneak into Black Christmas, do the same thing, um, but one of our friends chickened out, and out of an act of revenge, we went and saw uh, what was that movie, Balboa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we decided because he was being a he was being a little bitch. <laughs> And didn't want to didn't want to go see Black Christmas, so we went and saw the Rocky movie instead, just
0: spite it. Wow!
1: So never saw Black Christmas.
0: <laughs> no, did you? Were you into horror movies up to that point? Had you seen many at that point? Because I know you're not a huge horror movie buff, but you've probably seen a few.
1: I've I've seen a few. Um, I'm not a huge horror movie buff. I well, I need to clarify. I'm not a huge slasher fan. Yeah, there's some horror movies that I like, but it they're the more nuanced ones. Like I I love. Movies like Hereditary or The Lighthouse, like, movies like that, those are the ones that I'm really about. I had seen a couple. There wasn't... I don't know why we were just, like, on this kick every once in a while where we'd go out because these movies... Those movies obviously spread out between, what, four years or something like that?
0: Black Christmas was 2006. Yeah.
1: So, um, I don't know. Just every once in a while, we'd go see, like, a really bad horror movie and... Maybe that's why I don't really, I'm not a huge fan because I I gotta say, 95% of them are really bad.
0: (laughs) Well, I continue to be a fan, and I was a huge fan of this one when it came out. I watched this, I remember the first time with my dad on DVD, and. It not necessarily scaring me, but I thought it was pretty violent, pretty brutal. And on this rewatch, because I've seen this over the you know past few years, it's never one that's I guess stuck in my rotation personally. I always have to watch it with other people who want to watch it because it's never one I find myself going back to by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. On this rewatch, I noticed it's a lot less violent than I thought it was. I thought this was a lot more brutal.
1: And I think there's only like one or two scenes that make you really kind of go like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Everything else is like. It's blocked out or they cut away. It's it, it's really tame. It's shockingly tame.
0: It's shockingly tame. I thought this was much more because I remember all the headlines when it first came out about how brutal and violent and gory it was and how it was probably going to usher in this new wave of ultra
1: violence. Yeah,
0: this was the same year, I think, as uh, Kill Bill which had just come out, which was also in the headlines for for over-glamorizing violence. This one here is directed by former music video director Marcus Nispel, who, this is his feature film debut, he went on to do that movie Pathfinder with Carl Urban. I don't know if you ever saw that. I did not. Uh, The Friday the 13th remake in 2009. The Conan the Barbarian remake with (laughs) Momoa in 2011. His most recent film is called Exeter. I, I have not seen that, so... Texas Chainsaw Massacre has a 6.2 on IMDb and a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was a major box office success. It cost only $9 million to make, earned $80 million in the U.S. and $107 million worldwide. Finished 37th for the year of 2003 in the States, making it the second highest grossing horror film that year, following previous episode, Freddy vs. Jason. You're welcome. You're welcome, Zach. All these memories are coming back to you, like, oh fuck yeah, that was a movie we watched. Again, I equate this to when we do sports movies. Hint, hint, they're coming. Yeah, they are, <laughs>
1: because every time we have to do one of these slasher movies that Brandon loves, I, we have to follow it up with something that you know what next week's movie, and we'll get into it. I'm not necessarily even a huge fan of next week's movie, but I'm kind of I'm glad we're doing it just to, or not next week's and two weeks we're doing the movie, and I'm glad we're doing it just to fucking spite you. <laughs>
0: Get back at me for all this shit? Yeah. Is this the only Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie you've seen? Have you seen any of the other ones?
1: I've seen the original, obviously, um, which is fantastic. So
0: you really like that one?
1: I do really like that movie. I think it's, especially for the time period it came out, I think it's a landmark movie. It's remarkable.
0: And So that's your only association with the series thus far? Um, was, there an, was there
1: another Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that came out um, in, after this one?
0: Oh, yeah. So I I want to get into this because this, in my opinion, I might have seen that maybe the most convoluted horror franchise ever made in terms of its fucking timeline. So the original was released in 1974, directed by Toby Hooper, largely considered a horror classic. The direct sequel, which he also helmed, hit theaters in 1986. And that one's more of like this weird gonzo horror comedy. Dennis Hopper's in there as a sheriff. It's fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, More of like a horror comedy than a straight slasher. Then Viggo Mortensen is in the third film. He's like one of the main characters. That's when New Line Cinemas picked up the franchise at this point. That was Leatherface, (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. That was 1990. Then they rebooted the series in 1995. This one had Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. You should YouTube some clips of Matthew McConaughey's performance in this. It's fucking nuts. Just wild. Anyway, that movie's so bad that their agents, because at this point they were unknown when they did the movie, then they became kind of huge movie stars in the mid-90s. Their agents tried to bury the movie, get their names taken off it. Either way, it's awful. I think it's listed in IMDb's bottom 250 films of all time. So then they remade it in 2003 with with this film, and because of this film's success, then they made a prequel to the remake called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning. That was in 2006. Then Lionsgate got the property. They decided to make a sequel to the original film. That one was called Texas Chainsaw 3D, and that starred Alexandra Daddario. I don't know if you remember that one at all, the 3D Texas Chainsaw movie. I
1: remember Alexandra. Yeah, who
0: could forget? Yeah, who could forget?
1: But I don't remember that movie, no.
0: (laughs) That movie, equally dumb, was in 2013. Then they opted to make a prequel to the original film set in this current timeline of films that was released in 2017 called Leatherface. So as of right now, we've got eight films. But... Because of the success of David Gordon Green's Halloween, Stop. In, yep, made over 250 million worldwide, Fede Alvarez, the director of the Evil Dead remake and Don't Breathe, has signed on to produce a reboot sequel of sorts to the original.
1: <sighs> so, two notes on that. I do love the Evil Dead remake. It's, it's a rare...
0: <laughs> Literally, I watched that I watched that this weekend, weekend, dude. Oh my god. It's fucking awesome. I haven't seen it in it's years. So it's so cool. fucking awesome.
1: I saw it on my twenty first birthday. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so good.
1: Anyway, uh, the only other one that I've seen, I've seen I think I saw the sequel to the original. Yeah, I think I've seen bits and pieces of that one on television, and then I've also seen um Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning. Okay, okay. Uh the the, the one that came
0: after this one. Yeah, but technically takes place before this one. Yes. Yes.
1: And I think I saw that right before we were going to go see Black Christmas. I think that was another one that we snuck into. Wow,
0: Yeah, Yeah, that would have been right around that time. Yeah, 2006. Damn.
1: Balboa was kind of cool, though.
0: (laughs) You know, I'd say in terms of horror series, this is one that I look at and frankly... There's maybe two good movies in the whole goddamn lot. Like <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't understand how it has this kind of legs. Yeah. Like, it's, it's bizarre it, to it me. Really like, and we keep saying success for this one that we're covering, but it really it was a box office success. It wasn't a critical success, right?
0: It was not a critical success. Uh, In fact, I always love to bring up our dear friend, uh, Roger Rebert, (laughs) whenever I can, whenever uh, he loves or hates a movie we cover. He gave this movie a rare zero stars out of four. Mm. He called it, his opening line, a contemptible film, vile, ugly, and brutal. There is not a shred of reason to see it. Those who defend it will have to dance through mental hoops of their own devising, defining its meanness and despair as style or vision or a commentary on our world.
1: So that's what you're going to be doing in this, right? (laughs)
0: I've got a mountain to climb. I was
1: going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to be going through a lot of mental hoops in this episode, yeah, you're aren't you, I
0: feel attacked. Yeah, that's right. Well, he's attacking you, so
1: you should feel uh, attacked. Oh,
0: my God. Well, you know, critical success is something that we don't necessarily mention in the same sentence as Michael Bay. That's true. Who is, of course, <laughs> the producer of this film. This is the first film his company, Platinum Dunes, finished. They also did The Purge the Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street remakes, Ouija, and actually a Quiet Place. So I, we have it's not, all, it's not all garbage. Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> we have to start staying away from fucking Michael Bay movies. So this is this <laughs> we, enough go is hiatus, enough. Yeah, yeah.
0: we got to go on hiatus. We will come back to him at some point. But yeah, we Look, we, we can't gotta... help
1: it if he was all over the early two thousands. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but we need a year away from this man. Yeah. Okay. For this remake. Toby Hooper and writer Kim Henkel served as co-producers of the original film. Daniel Pearl returned as cinematographer, which is pretty cool. And John Larroquette, who was an unknown in the time of the very first one, who did the opening voice narration, returned to do the same for this as well. Um, Kirsten Dunst, Katie Holmes, and Jessica Alba were all considered to play Aaron, which eventually went on to Jessica Biel. And I gotta be honest, Zach, this... I think this movie may have been my sexual awakening as, as, a, as a burgeoning teenager. Oh, I've got she comments on that. She is beautiful. She is beautiful in this film. I got comments on that. We mentioned the uh, toned-down violence, and this is largely due to the fact that this film originally received an NC-17 rating. Many of the deaths had to be trimmed in order to get an R rating. And I guess it was still considered so violent that it's banned in the Ukraine by the Ministry of Culture. I don't know if that's been lifted since
1: (laughs) that's insane because really nothing happens in this movie I you know you can see parts where they probably did censor it out but like anything that did get censored in this movie would 100% make it into any R rated film now. There's no way they censor this movie if it comes out now.
0: Well, that was very similar to the the original release when that came out. There's not, honestly, a whole lot of violence in that movie. All of the the real brutal stuff is either implied or off-camera. But anyway, let's... uh, You want to get into this? We'll touch on the original every so often as we go through it, but, you know, this is... This is pure Americana here in the beginning. So
1: when this movie starts, it opens with a narrator and they're going through, you know, newspaper clippings and film reels. And there's an officer walking down the steps showing people the crime scene on this old black and white footage. And this is when the nostalgia hit me because there was this wave of like, oh, my God, this is about to be so scary. So scary. And then just crippling disappointment for the next two hours. (laughs) That's how I felt watching this on the rewatch when it opens up and I'm like, "Oh my god, I remember sitting in the theater watching this black and white footage thinking that like I was about to be terrified and then just f- fuck. Fucking Leonard Skinner <laughs> kicking in on the yeah.
0: soundtrack. It's textbook 1970s, dude. It's August 1973. We've got five young adults here. They're uh Listening to "Sweet Home Alabama" as they're swimming in a lake.
1: None of them are dressed like they're living in the '70s. These are like these are. Th- there's one person who's dressed like she's in the '70s. Everybody else looks like 2000. Well, they're ladies. wearing
0: like tank tops and jeans. Yeah,
1: tight, tight jeans and tank <laughs> yeah. tops. One guy is wearing what is supposed to clearly be like a Yankees shirt. <laughs> it just says New York on it. Like we, American Eagle wasn't around at this point, guys. They've all got, su- all the dudes have super shitty mustaches. Yeah,
0: exactly. And everyone is soaked in fucking sweat. This smells like the most, this this van must smell like balls.
1: <laughs> oh, it is, everybody's so wet in this fucking van, dude.
0: <sighs> So we've got Aaron, who is Jessica, oh, oh damn it, Jessica Beale. Gonna yeah, do that all this whole time. Yeah, I'm sorry, career. I'm sorry. Jessica Biel, sporting you know you know a wonderful white tank top that will be put through the ringer in this film.
1: (laughs) You know all you have all you have to do is know like (laughs) something about the way that men were operating in the early two thousands to know that that shirt is going to be soaked by the end of this movie.
0: (laughs) And how do we text her up a bit? Let's put her in a fucking cowboy hat and let's have yeah, give her a fucking cowboy hat, sing Sweet Home Alabama as they're driving away, dude. Fuck
1: it. This scene where they're dri- so the the premise here is that they're out of towners. They're driving to uh, Dallas, I believe, to go see a Skinnerd concert.
0: Yeah, because they're leaving Mexico, which I which took me a bit to gather. But they're leaving Mexico because I guess some of them, unknowingly to the rest of the group, purchased illegally some marijuana. That becomes a, a plot point. Two
1: pounds <laughs> yeah. of marijuana that are
0: hidden in a fucking pinata.
1: Let's talk about the things that happen in between the action pieces of this movie or any of the suspense. Dude, this is fucking garbage. Like, it is literal crap what they're doing. No one says anything that sounds like a genuine conversation.
0: Yeah, well, we got to get through the character here cuz there's Morgan who's Jonathan Tucker. This kid, he his face, something about his face has always disturbed me throughout his entire career. He's a fine actor. I just similar to Peter Sarsgaard, I just don't like their faces, man. They 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 creep me out.
1: He'd make a good clown.
0: He's like the socially conscious stoner who's talking about STDs because there's also Andy and Pepper Who, from their dialogue, tells me they met yesterday, but they've been fucking nonstop. They're just making out in the back of this van with people watching them. It's, ugh.
1: And this is, like, this is where it gets so cringy. I know we're blasting through the characters here, but it literally is, you know. (laughs) They're pretty people. They stop making out for a second. She's like, can you believe we only met a day ago? She might as well, like, look at the camera. And then, and then she's like, "Wow! Imagine you guys passing through here just to go to Dallas. What a coincidence!" And like <laughs> stares at the camera. Like it is literally that bad. It's cringy. The AC isn't working, and this little like dashboard fan that he has isn't working. They've been smoking pot. They're in the middle of the de- Texas heat. Ugh, Ugh. gross. It's just got to smell like sweaty butt in there,
0: dude. <laughs> Absolutely. Swamp-ass city.
1: And two people who are, like, groping each other. All it smells like in there is just sweaty butt and...
0: Genitals. Gross,
1: dirty genitals.
0: <laughs> like, ugh. Oh, and pot. And-, and it's about to get a whole lot grosser. They, they stumble upon this hitchhiker, severely traumatized, barely speaking coherently. She's walking in the middle of the road. They almost hit her because... Aaron and fucking... I got Kemper? That's his name. His name's fucking Kemper, by the way. His
1: name's Kemper. It's a real (laughs) 70s name, too, by the way. Fuck off with this. They stop to make out because everybody... No, they don't
0: stop to make out. They're making out while he's driving for a solid 20 seconds without looking at the road.
1: Uh, Yeah, and it's funny because... All right, let's just say I'm a filmmaker. If I'm shooting this scene i absolutely have to shoot this scene for whatever reason and they're making out someone in the back is yelling hey look out instead they finish making out stop they both turn and look at the road for like a half second and then like yeah oh look out like she forgot her fucking line or something like that it's like you have one job
0: Uh, eric balfour by the way is kemper just so we have all the actors out there erica learson is pepper and mike vogel i've seen this guy he's been on like she's out of my league in a few comedies and shit from then on i know most of these didn't go on to huge success other than tucker's still working today and jessica beale you know she's still kicking i you know what but
1: i it's funny that you take a moment to name all the characters because they were nameless
0: to me see i don't. I don't know how you forget them because they're always just yelling their names kepper was dialogue, kemper was good
1: yelling kemper because kemper is his name is fucking kemper that's the only one i remember everybody else was gross jock hippie chick jessica Beal, and uh stoner
0: pencil mustache yeah pencil
1: mustache <laughs> stoner and th- those were their names
0: to me <laughs> they inhabited those lives so they pull over. They think maybe she's on drugs here. She's walking very stiffly, which will come in later. Uh, once aboard, she just keeps mumbling stuff like they're all dead. He's a bad man. And then out of nowhere, and I noticed there was like blood in between her thighs. She pulls a gun out. She pulls a gun out. Where did this gun come from? We, I think we know where it's implied to have come from. And the fact that we'll get into the real disturbing nature of it all later. She pulls this gun out. And they start, try to stop her. She shoots herself in the head after being like, yeah, you're all going to die. This shot has stuck with me for years. If you had told me anything like, what's one thing you take away from this movie? It's this shot. You know,
1: it, there was a half a second in my mind when I was watching this where I was like, oh, fuck. This movie might end up being kind of cool because this scene where she shoots herself in the head is fucking kind of cool. Like, it's pretty
0: sweet. <laughs> Dude, it is rough. The fact that they cut so much else out of this movie, all of the death and scenes are all... this? <laughs> this is just completely... I'd assume most of it at least is intact here. She puts
1: the gun in her mouth, blows her head, you know, a hole through the back of her head, obviously, and then they do this shot where they zoom... Out <laughs> in between the hole in her head,
0: they dolly out on the reactions of everyone freaking the fuck out. Back through the hole in her head that collapses, like her head just collapses backwards as we go through the hole in the windshield. Oh, no, the back and then out the back as everyone comes out puking their guts out. <laughs>
1: oh, the and the fucking reactions that they all have. Fuck!
0: Fuck! Ah!
1: Like, they're all running around. One guy's throwing stuff for no reason. Everybody's just overacting like crazy. It's hysterical. And Holy like, shit. And, like, at one point, my favorite line of dialogue, because this one stuck with me for some reason, Kemper kneels down as as they're looking at her body. He's like, I've never seen a dead person before. or Is that what he said? I've never seen a dead body before. And fucking the stoner's like, yeah, most people haven't. And then he just fires back, I don't know how that's helping us. Well, I don't know how, like, any of this is helping. You guys are all fucking morons.
0: <laughs> and when we say this shot goes through the back of the whole inner head, it's not a, it's not a CG, I think. This is a practical effect. And if you want to fucking laugh, I, they did so many takes of this shot. Watching the dummy of this head, like, the camera fucking bump into it because it had to be done so many times to get it just right. I think the, the only bit of CG is replacing the back windshield, I think, because obviously they couldn't come through the glass in the windshield, I think. That's the only part that's CG, but it's a fucking impressive shot. And, yeah, I was like, damn. It, you <laughs> that's God pretty damn, cool.
1: man. There's like every once in a while, and they are very few and far between, there is a shot or something in this movie that is like, that was fucking remarkable.
0: I guess I credit the DP. Really, He did a great job at establishing a mood. It's just such a depressive, like, gray Desaturated world that like it's not fun to be in, and I'm not saying horror movies have to be fun. I like dark, fucked up horror movies just as much as the other like horror fan. It's just that the, mm-hmm. the creative style of it all becomes a bit. I don't again. I won't. I, I don't want to say depressive. I just said like sluggish. If you if you get my drift, it just loses a lot of life. But but every once in a while there's, there's, there's these moments of creative spark that you're like, holy fuck! This there there's a creative team behind this. I just don't know what how much this is all worth.
1: The elements <laughs> of a good movie are there.
0: Yes, yes. They decide to go to a nearby diner that's the closest place to them to contact the police. There's this woman there named Luda May. She tells them to to you should meet Sheriff Hoyt. So she gives him a call. And in this fucking diner, there's pig heads behind the counter, flies all over them. And by the way, these guys, not that she's friendly at all, but these guys are just as rude. Like, one of them says, like, how many people, how many girls blow their heads off in this shithole town anyway? <laughs> like, whoa, you, bro.
1: Yeah, like, let's all calm down for a second
0: you can tell yeah she's clearly up to no good she tells him that the sheriff won't come here like he's two hours away so he wants them to go meet him at a fucking mill somewhere and at this point again i don't like jonathan tucker's character morgan he's kind of showed to me but he's the i guess the voice of reason through a lot of this because he's the one who's like we should just get the fuck out of here which solves all their problems we'll drop the body off this or that like let's just leave but jessica beale who has also been ragging on Kemper this entire time about proposing to her. She wants to get married. Has there... It, is,
1: I thought it was only brought up one time.
0: Well, <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, I guess... Because there's this whole bit, like, where the ring's shown later on, and, like... Oh, really? I Dude. Yeah. There was it a, falls out of his pocket. There was a
1: point in this movie where I was you paying more out. attention to the ceiling tiles than I, was with, <laughs> than I was with what was going on on the screen. Um, I don't remember that. <laughs> I genuinely don't remember that. Um... Well, she it seems like she's harping on him a lot for not doing the right thing. She just wants him to be a bit more responsible. You know, don't go to Mexico and buy two pounds of pot. Don't, you know, don't leave the dead girl in your van on the side of the road. That yes. kind of shit.
0: And, and this is where this movie sort of, to me, breaks the horror movie logic, which is always people who are doing the right thing, typically your final girl, usually is the one... To win, or at least sur- survive the longest. <laughs> like, this movie seems to purport the opposite of, like, I know what you did last summer, which is these teenagers accidentally hitting someone with a car and choosing to do the wrong thing by dumping the body. He comes back to kill them. These people try to do the right thing, and it seems like if they were to do the wrong thing, which is just leave the body they'd get away scot-free. It's almost punishing them for trying to be good people, which I feel is a strange way to go about it, because in the original, none of this happens. It's like they pick up a weird fucking creepy-ass hitchhiker dude who's threatened to, like, stab him with knives and shit. They find a farm, and then that's how it all starts. There's no suicide of this person. They don't have to deal with cops and shit. It's, like, much cleaner and makes more sense for a plot. They make their way out to the mill with this dead woman in the back of their car, brain matter all over the backseat, and she's Falling around in the
1: yeah, she's starting to decompose a little bit. It's (laughs) great.
0: Once there, yeah, they argue about whether or not to just dump the body. There's no one there. The sheriff's not there. They stumble around the mill for a bit. They do run into a really great possum actor, though. I like this guy a lot. (laughs) Who's stuck in the lock when they open up? He's like, "Ah, ah." oh
1: yeah, (laughs) good
0: possum reaction. They do find this little kid (laughs) Jedediah with some fake ass busted teeth, who tells them Sheriff Hoyt's probably at home getting drunk. This kid, he's he's played by David Dorfman. I was like, who the hell is this kid? I've seen him before. He's the little kid in the ring. He's also like Naomi Watts' son in the ring, which makes sense. And he's in, I mean, Zach's favorite movie of 2008 as the nerdiest of the nerd kids in drill bit taylor
1: love drill bit taylor dude
0: literally no podcast on earth has mentioned drill bit taylor as often as we have i can I, that's that's a fact that must be a fact
1: well to be fair we are teasing our spin-off uh drill heads yeah, yeah drill heads uh, be, be on the lookout for drill bit taylor <laughs> podcast coming soon
0: uh, on the new gosh. nostalgia be damned podcast network so aaron and kemper they decide to go through the woods to find the sheriff's house they leave morgan andy and pepper at the mill with with jedediah and that's where they come across yeah this plantation house in the middle of nowhere really well photographed here by the way i like the way that it's just kind of foreboding i like the way they use all these polarizing filters on all of the shots of the sky so that it's like dark at the top and then it meets there's a lot of wide shots because i think again this movie's shot really well It's color graded to shit because it's so desaturated and stuff. But I wonder, you know, with a little more life, what this might do for the cinematography. But again, I think the DP is doing a hell of a job here. So they get there. There's this old creep named Monty. He's in a wheelchair. He won't let Kemper inside, but he will let Aaron inside to phone the police or whatever. He's got a little dog in his lap. (laughs) He's ogling Beale this entire time. Meanwhile, Sheriff Hoyt arrives at the mill. Here we go. This is, look, look, despite the acting talents of what we've been shown so far, I think Arlie Ermy, despite being a fucking gross character and almost unwatchable at times, he's perfect. He's he's great in this role. Oh,
1: yeah. No, he's so good. He,
0: I think he's the best part of this movie. Easily the best part of this movie. Hands down. Hands down. And, yeah, he plays Sheriff Hoyt. It's not mentioned in this movie, and please remind me, maybe I'm mistaken, but he, it doesn't mention that he killed the previous sheriff, right, in this movie? No. Okay, so in the begin—that's the beginning, right?
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. The, dude, there is so much. Yeah, that is that is in the beginning. I, I like
0: that. that I like that whole it. bit about how he came and killed the sheriff, just took over his job, and has been doing this for a while. But I remembered as, as I was watching this one, I kept conflating it with that one, thinking like, at some point, aren't they going to talk about how he was he killed the sheriff again? Yeah,
1: I do. You know, it's funny. This movie does blend a lot with uh, the beginning. This whole movie kind of. It- leaves so much unsaid. Like I I think if you know from the you know from the other movies that this is a family of cannibals, it, they never even they never say that. They and so much of it is just like implied or never brought up. There is su- like a surprising lack of context in this movie.
0: Yeah, they never they never refer to him as Leatherface until the very end like the closing narration. No one says Leatherface throughout it. I feel as though the filmmakers just assumed you've seen the original and they're just gonna to play off that like your knowledge of that movie
1: (laughs) yeah and like the the baby thing in which we haven't really gotten into man
0: dude that whole thing could be completely removed
1: they never say a fucking word about it like you are you're shown like pictures and left to piece it together yourself it is so weird
0: i think i think the problem here is that nispel at least in this first one and i will actually kind of stand up for especially in in retrospect after watching this film i think the friday the 13th remake is much better than this movie in terms of just as a story i think he gets better because he's a music video director and that this movie is you can tell shot by someone who's not necessarily interested in the story much more in the visuals and the intensity and the the action of it all and I think, yeah, the, the characters definitely suffer as well as the story. But he is gross. This whole Hoyt character, she, the body's in the back of the seat, so he's like wrapping her in cellophane when he when he arrives. The guy's like leaning against the car. I think it's Annie. He's like, "Excuse me, you mind getting the fuck out of my way, son?"
1: <laughs> oh, he's like sexually abusing the corpse. It's, it's
0: awful. Yeah. And something it's I noticed for the very first weird. time here, when they when he takes the gun, he's like, "Where'd she, where'd this come from?" And they tell her, they tell him that she had it on her. Mm -hmm. he likes he's like oh she had it on her and then he puts it in the empty holster on his like ankle i guess implying that obviously i knew obviously knew that she came from the house and was escaping them but it's a nice little touch i like it because he does it so swiftly and no one addresses it or whatever
1: is it a nice touch that nobody addresses it though
0: your first impression of this guy he's clearly not the hero of this, he's not going to be any help to these characters. Um, but I think that these little touches that they give him make him almost seem like he's not part of the law enforcement branch at all, which is what you come to learn in the beginning, which is a really great piece of information that he's just like operating outside of the law altogether and and impersonating a sheriff. I like that idea. It's not explored much here, other than him being a fucking grosso. He's like, yeah, feeling her up.
1: But where did she hide the gun in
0: it originally, Brandon? Yeah, I think it's implied that she hid it within herself. Right? That's what's going on. Yeah, that's why she's walking so maybe stiff and shuffle and like shuffling in the beginning, but then we find that baby later on, who's supposed to be the baby of the hitchhiker, and I'm left wondering because she had the baby and was the baby so recent was that why her legs were covered in blood and is that how she was able to fit a gun inside of her
1: I don't know because this baby it's also this baby and we're going to get to the baby eventually but this baby is has to like be like months at least old right like 8 8 or 9 8 or 9 months old cuz it's got a full head of fucking hair and it's huge, it's huge, this kid is fucking massive.
0: But back at the house, Monty appears to have fallen down, so he calls Aaron for help as a distraction. He's groping her, he's grabbing her butt like a grosso. Pretty effective kill here though, when Kemper goes inside to look for Aaron. He's he like grabs some shit off the floor and looks up. There's cartoons playing on the screen, and out of nowhere, a fucking like sledgehammer or some shit comes down on him. I I
1: assumed it was like a meat hook or something because he drags him.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And then the yeah because he drags him into the basement, slams the door shut. You know, again, compared to the original, that first kill of the, the first one when he just walks in the door and out of nowhere the door opens up and he gets the fucking hammer to the face. He falls down and just starts twitching. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near that intense or, or memorable. Like, that's a that's a fucking gut punch. This is like a, you know, like a kick to the shin.
1: So, yeah, she she realizes that Kemper has fucking disappeared, so she leaves him on the floor because he. I think she's wise to the fact that he's just trying to fucking feel her up. Um, and she can't find him, and so... She leaves. She goes back to the the van, the mill,
0: the mill. Yeah, the, the yeah. mill.
1: Excuse me, whatever. The van, the mill. It doesn't matter. The set pieces don't mean fucking anything. <laughs> um, they all
0: they all blend together because they all look just like fucking animal
1: bones and shit everywhere. They're all within like five seconds of each other too. Like you can you can for everything seemingly so isolated, everything is like right there in
0: a central part of yeah you can you can run to it in about eight minutes (laughs) yeah
1: or less um yeah so what we did fail to mention is that they went into the house to call the sheriff and she talked to supposedly the sheriff and they said yeah i'll be there in a half hour so she goes back to the van and says oh the sheriff will be here in a half hour that's the good news they're like well the sheriff's already been here he took away the body
0: didn't Uh-oh, didn't Brandon. Then...
1: Is it possible that not everything is as it seems here?
0: I don't like the looks of this, man. I don't like the looks of this. So
1: they realize fucking Kemper's not here. We gotta go back and find fucking Kemper because we can't have a fucking movie without Kemper. It's fucking ridiculous. It's Kemper. It's my best friend.
0: So Aaron... Goes with Andy right so her she and Andy then head back to the fucking house and she decides to distract Monty I guess once again and so that he can sneak in the back and that's where he finds you know a bunch of weird shit Of course this this original story the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Very very loosely based on the murders of real-life serial killer Ed Gein So yeah, there's a bunch of fucking raw meat hanging up some bloody pantyhose or some long johns or some shit and uh but why does it go through the fridge i kept like just get in your friend's not in the fridge just move man
1: yeah dude like fucking and
0: he's like stumbling around with stuff like eyeballs oh, this is the epitome stuff. of why i'm
1: not a big slasher fan it's because this is like this is useless everything we're doing is so fucking useless like and it and i know that's a, a common criticism of these slasher movies or it's like well why would they do this or you know like but but it really is just like, dude, why, what the fuck is the point of this? Why? Why are we doing any of this? Although I will say, we're talking about points of this movie that uh, are pretty cool. You know, the very few and far between of them that they are. When they get discovered in the house, and he starts banging on the floor, telling him to come. You know, telling Leatherface to come up. When the fucking door bursts open and that chainsaw starts roaring for the first time.
0: This is great, yeah.
1: It's go- It's goosebumps. That is like the coolest part of this movie is when he first shows up with the fucking chainsaw and it's like wah, wah, wah,
0: wah. It's fucking sweet. You little turd, you're so dead you don't even know and he starts banging his cane on the floorboards like, bring it! Bring it! <laughs> Out of fucking nowhere, yeah. It, dude, it's a great
1: Yeah, because people said bring it back <laughs> in the se- old, old people, especially back in the 70s It's great though, old, it builds tension well and
0: then yeah, releases in such a good way. He runs after Andy. I love this bit where it appears to be in the outset that this is just a normal clothesline. You know what I mean? Maybe a few rows, maybe eight sheets. They start running through this, and it's like half a fucking football field in the lake. Yeah, it's like a like a corn <laughs> What the fuck? It's like the shining maze of sheets fuck. until his fucking leg is sawn yeah. off. This is a pretty good bit of gore here finally. Mhm. Yeah, finally. And um, this poor guy, man, he goes through the ringer.
1: Yeah, he, you know, I hated this guy when I first started watching this movie and then by the end I'm just like because oh my god, I can't wait till we get to, I, know his death. I can't wait till we get to his death.
0: His death is... Just when you think... Even when he can't, can't have that It's the one final moment of brief... Like... All right, we're just going
1: to skip ahead to it <laughs> yeah. because it's it's we're on it. So there's a point where he's hanging up on a meat hook. He's clearly in so much pain. He's had, like, salt rubbed into his fucking stumped leg. <laughs> and what's her face? Jessica Beale. Don't know her name. Uh, Jessica uh. Biel... <laughs> walks in and he's like please just end it just kill me and he
0: like points her to a knife and what does she do she stabs him in the fucking (laughs) stomach brandon she has all the time in the world. No one's rushing down. She could evenly just, like, place the knife right into his heart and just give it a t- bang. Or in his fucking temple, bang. Yeah, or, like,
1: his jugular or something. Like, no, she stabs him in the fucking stomach. The the universally worst place to be stabbed. The most painful, slowest death a person could get.
0: A she stabs him in the stomach. punishing blow to his stomach. Oh, my lord.
1: Oh, this poor fucking dude. I know. I know. And, and I do, I feel
0: awful for him.
1: <laughs> what a fucking stupid movie. That's so dumb. That was the dumbest thing in this movie. I had to pause and laugh at the movie because I couldn't believe how fucking dumb that was.
0: So Aaron escapes. She heads towards the woods, gets to the van, and her remaining friends head off to save Andy. I guess they're headed back to the house.
1: <laughs> Dude. It's just a fucking- This is literally this series is the of epitome. running from one
0: house to another. This is yeah. the epitome of why
1: I don't like these slasher movies, because it is literally just bad actors running around in circles. Like, it's all that's going on.
0: In hindsight, it makes sense that this movie really only costs $9 million, because it's essentially just a few decrepit buildings, maybe a warehouse here, a slaughterhouse eventually.
1: <laughs> so they're back at the van- and they're trying to drive away And who shows up for some reason But the sheriff
0: Sheriff Hoyt, dude And I can't think of a better representation Of the American criminal justice system right here Than he comes to pick up a body Who supposedly committed suicide No questions asked But they have a marijuana cigarette on him So he puts all of them in the fucking dirt <laughs> Get out of the Get puts all of them in the fucking because I got a roach <laughs> forces one back into the van to like recreate the suicide so he has Morgan there to put the gun back in his mouth and shit
1: Morgan he's got the gun in his mouth and he decides enough is enough he turns and points the gun at the sheriff pulls the trigger
0: empty gun he's like looky here we got ourselves a murderer
1: <laughs> So he ta- so he takes him away and this is when he breaks the bottle over his face beats the living shit out of him yeah
0: brings him back it's... to the Hewitt house
1: and uh, so naturally, that's where Jessica Biel goes. They try and drive away.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, they well, they try to drive away. And the car, like, because she, she hot- the car falls apart. <laughs> well, yeah. So wait, she hotwires the car. We found out a bit about her. She's been in juvie.
1: She had older brothers because she can pick locks, dude. Why is it imp- why is that matter that she can pick locks? It never comes back, does it?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Well, oh wait, she p- oh yeah, she picks the lock and then she hotwires the car. No, she's just a jack of all trades, dude, in a fucking sweet ass white tank top.
1: <laughs> that is definitely not going to be unnecessarily wet in a couple minutes. <laughs>
0: We'll talk about the fucking plumbing situation in this basement here coming up. Aaron and Pepper, they're tracked down by Leatherface. Oh yeah,
1: the car falls apart for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, because
0: as they drive away, the fucking wheels just fall off. I don't I guess someone's taking them off.
1: I don't understand why that happened at all.
0: What'd you do? At no yeah. point were
1: they left alone where that could have happened to the car where like somebody could have tampered with it. So it's really just kind of like you have to accept that the car just decided like uh you know what? No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> falls apart. <laughs> car thief dude you never put a car thief behind the wheel that's what we learned with rudy duncan in reindeer games shut the, fu-
1: shut the right, fuck up, shut the fuck up baby shut the fuck
0: up how impressed are you that i pulled rudy duncan i can't out of believe
1: my ass. you just referenced reindeer games <laughs> get the fuck away from me anyway
0: Anyway, yeah, Pepper attempts to run away. She's killed by Leatherface. Worst death. You don't see yeah, worse anything. Death. You don't see anything. You just see the, the, the chainsaw come down, which, again, I've always wondered for these movies called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, only two people die from a chainsaw. I movie. know. It's, it's stupid. Um, you
1: know, it's actually, it, this this death is so censored and covered up. Brandon, I actually didn't know she was dead. Oh, really? Yeah. I, th- I thought she was alive, and he was stopping and turning around to chase after, uh, what's her name? Ellie? The, Aaron, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron. Aaron, um, Aaron. I, I thought he was like stopping right before he killed that woman. I thought that woman oh, was still alive. Yeah. I didn't realize that he had actually killed her. That's how fucked up it is that they just like cut the gore out of this movie. It actually hinders my understanding of what's going on.
0: <laughs> there is a pretty gnarly disturbing visual right here where he, after he, like, I guess saws into her back, like, looks back at Aaron and he's wearing...
1: Kemper's face. Kemper's yeah. face,
0: yeah. Her boyfriend's face. You know, a little arts and crafts time, made a little mask. It's adorable. It's a pretty cool... <laughs> it looks fucked up, you know. Uh, it's the one of the few, I guess, kind of visceral jolts I got from the movie.
1: So she's running around and escaping and...
0: Oh, yeah, there's a lot more running through the woods, man. She hides in a nearby trailer belonging to this obese, middle-aged woman known only as... The tea lady, I think. And then there's this other young woman uh, named Henrietta who gives her some tea that's been drugged. This entire subplot could be excised from the film. I know it's only 98 minutes, but we could cut this fucker down to 85 and be fine.
1: This is when we find the fucking (laughs) baby... That, like, again, like, she's like, that's not your baby. I was like, how the fuck do you know? Like, I I genuinely... You stole her! (laughs) I genuinely can't figure out where the fuck any of this is coming from.
0: I I think there's some, like, pictures maybe or some news clippings or some shit. I don't know, Yeah, but
1: again, like, the fucking... The dialogue and the in-between scenes of this movie are so fucking useless and boring and, like, disjointed that I, I can't, like, bring myself to one care at all sure. or be like even sort of go back into my memories of fucking a half hour ago and be like, Oh yeah, that's from the whatever.
0: I guess they're just, fleshing out this family more needlessly because these characters aren't scary this scene isn't tense or anything it's just like what what are we doing here and why is this needless backstory i guess it's maybe meant to make her more of a hero at the end by saving the baby i
1: don't give a shit and there's and there's also more like setting up dialogue in this scene too where she's talking about like he's coming to kill us and she's like oh he would never come here he has a skin disease looks at the camera. <laughs> like.
0: Well, she tries to save the baby, but passes out just before she can escape. And she wakes up at the Hewitt house to fucking share a point, pouring beer on her face in his underwear. That's, just, that's quite the shocking sight. Surrounded by the entire family, there's Leatherface, his mother, the woman from the gas station, Luda May. Sheriff Hoyt, Monty, the guy in the wheelchair, and Jedediah, who's, like, kept outside like a feral dog.
1: <laughs> because he wasn't following the rules or something? Because he was helping them, I guess? Is he? Is that my understanding? He's he being He doesn't
0: agree with the family sentiment here. Not a very violent kid, I guess.
1: Because she's, like, yelling and being loud, um, they throw her down in the basement. Don't, like, handcuff her or tie her up or anything. Just throw her down to her own devices where there's a ton of weaponry down there and, like, shit that she could probably, like, use to her advantage. They're like, now nah, fuck it, just throw her down
0: there. Why, why is this basement flooding, by the way? This is the middle of Texas. Where is this water coming from? Because there's no rain. Either their plumbing situation is fucked, or it's just needless just because it looks scary, and they also want to get that tank top wet.
1: I was going to say they're getting the tank top wet. Uh, honestly, like, every everything that has to do with water in this movie is just because they're trying to get Jessica Biel's tank top wet. That It's the only explanation as to why there's two feet of standing water in this fucking basement.
0: I guess, man, I don't know. Maybe once the the cast was decided, they had three days on the calendar completely marked off to be like, how do we convincingly get this tank top wet in under 90 minutes? Yeah,
1: so they they throw her down to the basement. They get her tank top wet.
0: Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is when she fucking
1: very- <laughs> Murders her friend. Yeah, this is when she murders her friend in the most painful fucking way possible. The
0: filmmakers give him the way out where after she stabs him, he just sort of slowly fades away. But in reality, he's like, what the fuck? Why did you
1: do Oh, no. This? In reality, like, he's lingering for hours.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is more pain than me getting my legs on off. Oh, yeah,
1: okay. it, it is- like, and she's, like, trying to get him off the meat hook and drops him, like... <laughs> oh,
0: my God, dude, she... That's right, she's lifting him up and then his entire full body weight is then thrown back on the Like, wound. what
1: did this poor actor do to the fucking filmmakers? Because <laughs> they were like, we're gonna fuck this guy up. So if he dies. That's when she finds fucking... Uh, Pencil-faced stoner.
0: Oh, yeah, Morgan, who can barely speak or uh, see, it seems like.
1: He's sitting in a bathtub with like a wound to his back. Um,
0: Yeah, but his face is all fucked up from the the glass bottle, I guess.
1: So, again, because she's not tied up or anything, she stands him up. And they're like, "All right, let's get out of here. Let's escape." Um, so we got another Jededi- chase. And yeah, Jedediah is like helping them. I can't believe I remember that fucking kid's name, and no one else. <laughs> You'll is. never forget it, um, Jedediah. And Leatherface sees all this happening. What through the floorboards above them? So he comes down with the oh you, fuck, dude! Uh, comes down with his uh, chainsaw, and it's another fucking chase. Through, I don't know. Yeah, Twenty like, minutes <laughs> of chase, like it is fucking. Through the woods into some random shack,
0: some abandoned shack in the woods. They barricade themselves inside. I don't know either. But there's a couch inside. I admit,
1: Brandon, this is because I remember making a note of it. I was this is when my like head started wandering. I was looking about at like things in the room, like in my in reality, not like in this movie. Like I was like, wow, that, like the paint on this wall is fucking crazy. <laughs> Um, Because it is just so fucking boring. It's it's like the most boring part of this movie.
0: It's just a lot of running around, yeah. They hide Morgan in a closet. She hides in this other little part of the shack, I guess. And then he finds her. So then Morgan, in an attempt to, I guess, be brave and stave him off, gets, put, gets hung by the chandelier by his hands. And then, again, a kill we don't see, but I guess was supposed to be really gory, and they had to, to cut it down. His intestines and stuff fell out in that edition. Oh, but okay. here... They sp- he's supposed to split them up through the groin, which would have been horrific, you know, bone tomahawk style. Yeah,
1: I would watch a um, in a director's cut of this. Oh movie.
0: yeah, get some more gore in there. I think that's where this where the appeal of this film lies if they wanted to really, that, push I think it.
1: that's kind of the problem. And maybe I should wait until our final thoughts, but it, it does feel like a lot of this movie would be more bearable if they were allowed to do some of the things that you actually came to see without like the gore and like the cool action shots that get unceremoniously like, cut out of this movie. It just becomes kind of like a bore. It's just like, okay, there's a lot of waiting around that I would put up with in a normal horror movie, but because it doesn't pay off well, I kind of feel cheated.
0: If you're going to be a sleazy slasher, do it and show us why we're there. The kills, but you cut away from them, it's like, well, what the fuck? It's just a series of never-ending like, uh, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh, she's dead. At this point,
1: Idle Hands is more violent than this movie.
0: Better movie, we'll find out later on, dude.
1: I wish Sawa was in this movie. Ooh,
0: Devin Sawa as Kemper, dude? Yeah, dude. Oh my god. They wouldn't even had to have spritzed him down. No, You're he's just No, so he dick. comes wet. <laughs> Devin Sawa, he comes wet. <laughs> nice. Oh boy.
1: If he's listening and he's looking for a new agent.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> So Kemper's dead. She escapes back into the woods. Another chase, Leatherface behind her. He accidentally winds up injuring himself at some point with his chainsaw. I gotta wear that protection, buddy. She finds a slaughterhouse, tries to hide out in there, in between some cow carcasses. It's again some more wandering around this warehouse type area. She then hides in a locker.
1: And the film and Leatherface at one point is like, "This actress's shirt is too dry," and he hits the <laughs> he hits the, the sprinkler system for yeah. zero reason. <laughs>
0: Then he has a fireman's hose as she runs out of there and sprays her again. Yeah. Yep. Then he's a water balloon fight,
1: and then she ends up hiding in a locker and chops off his hand because he's because there's a pig now.
0: <laughs> Dude, I wanted it to be that fucking possum again to come back into it. That's a real way to tie it back. <laughs> I would have been yeah.
1: fucking. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been, been great. great. But, no, it, there's, like, a random, like, pig in a locker. Like, how'd that pig even get <laughs> in there? Did she put it in
0: there? Was it living in there? Yeah, there? like,
1: what, what happened? Like, it looks like a healthy pig. It couldn't have been in there for very long.
0: She um, bursts out behind him, chops his fucking arm off with a cleaver, and runs out of there. And then his arm's spinning around on the chainsaw. And I realize at this point how utterly unclimactic this appears to be. In comparison, not only to the original film, but also just to other slasher films where the final girl has her confrontation with the villain. Usually she thinks she's killed him in quotations, at least to a point of which she's she's shot him. She's stabbed him in a bunch of times or something. He'll be back in the next one. But at least we know that she put in a fucking hell of a fight here. It's just like she chops his arms off and runs away. And then there's like another trucker who stops. Again, By the, it's the way, it's pouring, pouring, pouring rain.
1: rain. Yeah. <laughs> It's pouring rain. Um, they're thinking on the way out,
0: like I don't think her shirt's wet enough. How much do we have in the budget? We got enough for some fucking sprinkler systems. My bra.
1: Is there a chance that we could reshoot this, like on the ocean, like and just get her in the water? <laughs> no. All right. This trucker stops,
0: pulls over, she gets in, and then as they're driving away, she then starts, you know, saying the same shit that the hitchhiker in the beginning did. Like she's now the crazy hitchhiker. You get it? You get it?
1: I was gonna say, did th- I was gonna say, did this movie think it was being fucking subtle and cool? Like oh look.
0: Were you in in the theaters when that started happening your eyes start widening, you turn over and look at your friends like she's now like, oh my god
1: It's like the beginning of the It's full circle, dude. This this has been happening forever. Time is a flat fucking circle. So is the earth flat. It's the end of the nostalgia, be damned. It's
0: the end of the podcast. We're not doing this anymore you got the coronavirus dude (laughs) not yet high five high five um but he decides instead of going to the police he's gonna stop at this diner aaron's losing her shit begs him to turn around and the family the whole hoyt family's inside and while they're distracted by the trucker she sneaks inside grabs the baby rudy duncan's her way out of there aka hot wires the sheriff's car
1: runs him over three times
0: This is good, man. At least this is one a good, smart decision to make at the end of a horror movie. Make sure that fucker's dead.
1: You know, it, it's weird that you mentioned the climax. This feels way more climactic than...
0: Yeah, her actual confrontation with Leatherface. It
1: makes it feel like the real villain of the movie was the sheriff. And to be fair, the sheriff, I think, is doing more to harass and basically torture these kids than the other faces.
0: Oh, Sure. I mean, at least Leatherface isn't feeling up dead girls. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. He's salting stump wounds, but you know, he's at least going to repurpose that meat. I think again, although it's never really mentioned that they are cannibals, I just assume so because I've seen the movie.
1: You would you honestly wouldn't, you wouldn't know.
0: And uh, yeah, Erin's I guess a uh, uh, hero now. She's driving away with a baby. I don't know where she's going or what she's going to do, but she's driving away. We're brought back to the beginning, full circle, with the newsreel footage.
1: They clearly get to the police because we're back to the newsreel footage and the cop is coming down the stairs and is immediately attacked by (laughs) Leatherface. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. They're like, yeah, they didn't probably clear the crime scene. It's like, what? Was this
0: the first, was it literally like they walk in the door and then the cameraman's like, I'm going to start rolling. I'll walk backwards down these steps. Whatever we find, we find bros. (laughs) Yeah, like what? They wanted authentic (laughs) reactions. That has
1: never been how police operate never ever once has it been like that so it so the cops are killed and we get more you know, narrator, a,
0: Yeah, super quick narration. It's just like this states that the case is still remains open. And then it got to black and it's kind of a wet fart of an ending.
1: Well, it's a wet fart of a movie brain. And that's the Texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre. remake. what it would, what a, what a we, you know what? I'll go first. Um,
0: yeah, you go first. Uh, Cause I know you, yeah, you'll have some things. Yeah, to man.
1: Say. I mean, it really like I, you, I have to be upfront about this. You and I have very different opinions on horror movies. Um, because you are, The guy who, you know, dedicates his life every October to watching horror movies. I'm a guy who's like, I need to see a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes to go see a horror movie. I like, I can't, I I, I really am not into it. I'm not into the slashers. Um, But even by slasher standards, I think this movie is just bad. It's, it's so sloppy. Like, and again, I know there's things that you have to abide when you're watching a slasher movie. You're not going to see the best actors and actresses. You're not going to see the best storyline. You're not going, you know, not everything is going to make sense. They have to do stupid things to move the plot along. But this takes it to a whole new level of just, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? What is the point of any of this? It is such a confusing movie. In terms of what is actually going on, like all you have to do really is like, okay, the girl commits suicide. Move forward. Why are we doing all this running around back and forth? Why is it never brought up that they're cannibals? It, that's like a huge part of this part of this franchise is that it's a family of cannibals in the middle of Texas. It's never brought up. Why do we have this baby subplot? It just it feels like so much tried to get into it. and I don't know if it's just. That was the NC-17 rating that scared them away and cut up this movie to a point where it's almost incomprehensible. But it just, I think it's really boring. I think it's maybe the most boring slasher movie I've ever
0: seen. Whoa, um, whoa, dude. I mean,
1: there's there are elements of like, this could have been a good movie. And I think it's maybe a movie that just... Was a little ahead of its time when it comes to the violence. You know, it probably just scared a lot of people. It was 2003. We weren't, we were still kind of sensitive to violence at that point. Sure. But yeah, man, I just, I don't have a lot of good things to say about this. And it's a shame because this is an iconic franchise. That first movie is iconic, even though it doesn't really have the legs to stand on moving forward after that like there's like you said in the beginning there's really no good texas chainsaw movie after this
0: That's the thing we we say is the franchise iconic or is it just that first one I think it's just
1: that first one because and it's weird that we keep trying to make it work <laughs> um, I don't know man I I if my argument for why this movie sucks sounds disjointed it's because I like I felt like I was in a haze watching this movie I just like I I lost track of time I lost track of where I was it's not good. It's not good.
0: Um, At a thirty-seven percent.
1: Yeah, I know what it's got on Rotten Tomatoes. Don't you worry about that. I don't know. I don't know who's nostalgic about this movie, besides you. I genuinely don't. <laughs> um, it's a it's a thirty percent for me. Thirty you percent. know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not unwatchable. There are parts of it, but it's not unwatchable. But I wouldn't recommend going back to see it. If you're gonna watch a horror movie or even a slasher movie, there's de- there's definitely better. than this one
0: in comparison to that original movie it's just not a contest and i know none of these horror remakes really are and so it's kind of a pointless venture to even compare the two but but i can't help but Remember, like, the, the the ending of the first one, that visceral intensity of Sally laughing maniacally in the back of the fucking truck as he's just swinging his chainsaw in the middle of the street and shit, the hitchhiker's splattered by that fucking truck. And, and this one just ends so unceremoniously and so, like, ugh. The violence that I thought was there, which actually, which <laughs> kind of wanted me to come back to it, because I was interested in, like, ooh, I want to watch something kind of fucked up again. It's just not there. There's really not a lot of violence Uh, in general, and all the stuff that is pretty brutal is either, like I said, either implied or off-camera. Again, that's not necessarily, though, due to something like a John Carpenter in Halloween where he's knowingly not showing you that stuff this is a scenario where they shot, I'm sure, a shit ton of gore stuff that was just excised. And so it doesn't feel like stylistically they're trying to do that because this is the movie they want to make. You can tell that this is a movie that the censors got to, and that's all the worse for it. I think Jessica Biel actually is doing a pretty good job here, as is Arlie Ermy. There are a few decent performances in here uh, in comparison to a lot of the dead teenager movies. You know, we, we've even watched for the show, like the I Know What You Did Last Summer. I think... It is a confusing plot, needlessly so, because so much has been excised in terms of the, the the backstory of these characters, and I guess maybe I'm asking for a little more than I should be with in terms of a horror movie, but when you look at that first one, how much they how much you get out of those people, how disturbing they are, without actually having to go into a whole bunch. It's night and day the comparison. But I'll say as a horror movie, parts of this is a parts of this are effective stylistically a lot of it's really well shot nothing really scary though no jump scares you're right there aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of scares except for that like that chainsaw moment when he is really like first Revan is you know shit and first shown there well
1: even that I wouldn't say that was scary though I just thought that was like oh that's fucking badass
0: yeah that's a great moment I think maybe maybe more so than this movie being scary there are a lot of great horror moments I'll say I'll give it I don't I don't think it's necessarily one of the worst horror movies we've done on here but i will admit i was bored through a lot of this middle these middle sections i was going into this thinking this might score like a 55 or like a 60 but i'm gonna give it i'll give it like a 43 i'll give it a 43 it's an okay slasher in terms of nostalgia there's really nothing there maybe if you had a similar experience i would i i would have thought maybe you might have had more nostalgia for this movie just because of the memory of you sneaking into it and it being like your first hard r-rated movie in a theater maybe
1: Well, again, it's it's kind of what I brought up at the beginning, which was just I remember that jolt of like the you know lost footage aspect that they were going for at the beginning, and just thinking like, oh, this is gonna be sweet, like this is gonna be a really cool movie, and then just like boredom and disappointment, and like that wasn't scary, that wasn't that cool. Um, Even when I was young, I was like, yeah, this, this isn't really doing it for me. That's the only nostalgia I feel about it is just that sense of like. Disappointment.
0: <laughs> so were you never a fan? Did you like it when you first saw it after you left the theater? No. No, no. no you just knew kind of from then, like, this isn't my shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, and I and we've talked about this several times on this episode. It's, you know, it's not really my bread and butter to begin with.
0: The, the craziest part, though, is I think this might be Maybe I'll, I'd go Texas Chainsaw Two. Might be a little better than this, but I, honestly, this is probably the second best film in the franchise of a move of a franchise with eight films, soon to be nine. I think Beginnings is better than this one, though. The beginning? I haven't seen that one since really it came out, and I because ha- I, I just didn't revisit it. But I think maybe it, it, I can't imagine it being worse than this, or at least. It's probably on bar.
1: I think a lot of the same problem, and I haven't seen it in a long time either, but I think a lot of the same problems exist, but the problem is, or the, the thing that works for it is that uh, the violence is less censored. It is more gory. If I remember,
0: or at least there's an unrated cut. I don't know why they didn't release an unrated cut of this. This was in the heyday of the DVD unrated cut, <laughs> so I don't know why this didn't get put out. I know. Well, Zach, we got out of we got a horror movie out of the way. That means not only we don't have to do one for a little while. Plus, you get a sports one coming up, but we're not quite there yet. Not yeah. befo-
1: I was gonna say we're gonna wait um, because the next sports movie is a baseball movie. Baseball starting up at the end of March, so we're gonna wait a little bit um, next week though.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: Next week. Did you want to do recommendations yeah, for this? Always, always, to... yes. What, do you got anything that
0: you watched? Uh, the only
1: thing I'm watching right now, and it's funny because we brought it up in our last episode, and I, I saw it on Amazon when I was perusing. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. It's fucking sweet. Uh, Escape at Danamora, <laughs> uh, directed by Ben Stiller, <laughs> is is fucking it's great it's so good um I, (laughs) i love it it's uh ben stiller's a good director man it's crazy um paul dano is perfect benicio del toro is is really good patricia arquette is really good i can't believe how good they depict upstate new york in this series it it is Well yeah because you were right
0: in the midst of it all, right?
1: I was I was working in local news, but I was in western New York when I was working in news, but it was such a big story statewide because there had they had had reports that they were as far as um an hour south of where I was. I'm about I live about uh where I was working, I was about 4 hours away from Danamora. Yeah. But there were reports that they had been spotted just south of Buffalo, like on the opposite end of New York state. So there, I mean, people were all over the state looking for these guys and my news, I almost got sent to Danamora to cover this, um, but it was determined that we had enough news crews up there. And so we needed more people back at home to cover more of the local story. So I wasn't sent up to Danamora, Um, but it was that big of a deal and it felt very historical when I was, when I was in it. Yeah. Um, so to see this now played out as, like, a drama is just fucking, like, it opens up and it's just this town full of, like, news cars and police blockades and just a wave of memory where I was like, oh, my God, I remember when this was happening. It's one of the first times, like, I, you know, I just, like, I remember when this was fucking, ha- like, you know, besides, like, a nine eleven movie. Sure. Where, like, you just, like, I just remember what I was doing and where I was while this was going on.
0: And it's Del Toro and Dano.
1: It's Del Toro and dano
0: and dano is
1: yeah i know easy um (laughs) dano is my fucking favorite actor ever I mean, he actually, I say that almost sarcastically, but he is. <laughs> I love him. Um, it is fucking fantastic. I recommend it um, if you get a chance. And it's a fucking banana story. Besides being just like a well-made miniseries, the story
0: itself is fucking insane. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. It looks great. It looks great. I watched, yeah, <laughs> fucking Call of the Wild, which had the most uncanny. Why? I, <laughs> because, dude, because I'm a piece of shit. And I got the yeah. AMC stubs, so I got I to gotta get my money's worth. Sure. Fair enough. So... You know, Harrison Ford... uh... Dan Stevens is the villain in this movie doing the most fucking mustache twirly shit I've ever seen. It's insane. (laughs) Insane. But yeah, not as much as, not as insane as this dog's face. I could not get over it. Just the Uncanny Valley. You know what I mean? Uh, So yeah, you don't have to see that. I I did rewatch Contagion, which I hadn't seen since 2011. Dude, that's a fucking rough, scary watch right now. (laughs) It's home right now. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. It's shot to the top of like the iTunes movie rental charts. And people were saying because it's so specific, such to the specificity, of like the bats and pigs caused the virus and shit similar to what's going on now and just what what a pandemic could do dude it's it's i think it was underrated in its time and maybe that's just because of the how prescient it is movie. now but it's a pretty good movie yeah yeah it's a good movie and then uh and then lastly i will recommend i did see the invisible man it was pretty sweet. It was directed by Lee Wannell, who's been really impressing me lately. Obviously, he was in, uh, you know, previous episode Saw, who wrote that and was also in it as Adam. But he directed Upgrade a couple years back, and I really like that movie. That's an awesome sci-fi kind of horror film.
1: I've heard that it's great, uh, but now that you're bringing up Saw, are you excited about the Chris Rock?
0: Spiral? Uh, <laughs> Dude! Saw.
1: Spiral. Holy shit! When Samuel beat?
0: Jackson goes like, "You want to play games, motherfucker?" I laugh my ass off. I can't wait. I can't.
1: I, I was gonna say I can't help. Yeah. The and Clint. what is going <laughs> on with his
0: scowl? His face. He seems so fucking angry in that movie. <laughs> Chris Rock. There's I shots know, of man. him scowling. Oh man.
1: I think that's him trying to be serious. I think that's him. Um...
0: But the Invisible Man. Uh, a solid little take on the premise. This is the way to do the fucking uh, adaptations of these classic. Uh, universal horror monsters, not the mummy. <laughs> you know, I
1: I, I actually do want to see that. I think that's going to be my next uh, go to the theater and watch. Although I do want to say something. This is a little behind the scenes peek for everybody. You had texted me after you saw that movie and said that we should do Hollow Man, um, <laughs> Brandon. I want to hash this out uh, in front of everybody right now.
0: When we're gonna do it? Well, yeah. What day? No, Which, I will uh, negotiate. on the let me, Shut yeah? up.
1: I will negotiate Ooh. with you. Ooh, if we do not do Hollow Man at all. Oh, we do okay. not do Hollow Man at all. Wait,
0: never. You're taking it off the schedule never. permanently. Permanently. Never do Hollow Man. There has to be a pretty good
1: I will do Stuart Little.
0: You're saying I have to pick between one of those two movies essentially.
1: You have to pick between well, Wow. You have man. to pick between Stuart Little or Hollow Man.
0: That's a that's that's a real Sophie's, Sophie's choice. choice, but uh yeah. that's, that's
1: that's that's how much I really don't want to watch Hollow
0: now, Man. No wait. <laughs> have you seen Hollow Man? No. And have you seen Stuart Little? Obviously. I've seen Stuart Little. Uh, in Spanish, too. You'll find out soon enough, listeners, someday when you scroll through your podcast feed and see either one of those titles and a miserable Zach on the other end.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm i not looking forward to whatever that choice is, but I'm putting my foot down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well... Uh, this is a 50-50 into...
1: <laughs> partnership, Brandon, and you know what? I've been very accommodating with some of these movie choices. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down in Hollow Man. <laughs>
0: oh, man.
1: Anyway, yeah, we've gone on long enough. This is becoming unnecessarily long. Our movie next week, Brandon. I can't believe this is the first one of this franchise we're gonna do. This is like the most nostalgic franchise in the history of franchises.
0: Yeah, this could have genuinely been the first episode to really set us on a correct course. Anyway, this is this is honestly our-
1: something we should have done a couple months ago. Anyway, easily, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But we missed it. Vote. You know what? Yeah, but you know what? We're gonna get to it. Um, Star Wars Episode One, Brandon, the Phantom Freaking Menace.
0: This was the first yep.
1: <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. This
0: was the first movie I was ever genuinely anticipating. Like the first, like I can understand. I, I remember what hype was marked on your yes. calendar. I remember yep. all the fucking Taco Bell toys and KFC shit. <laughs> it took over like an entire
1: year of my life, just the excitement over. The Phantom Menace like I remember there was a point at least in the months leading up to it where all I could think about was Star Wars episode one like I've never been more excited in my fucking life for a movie more than I was (laughs) episode one
0: what's gonna be amazing with this is we're gonna be able to chart the anticipation actually watching it and then the years that followed where it slowly you slowly had to come to the realization of what it really was (laughs) yeah and then also what it's become now after the new trilogy. I
1: have a feeling like we might have to do two parts. To this I was gonna say, it's episode. gonna be a long like, fucking
0: it, episode. I it's do going to be
1: a long episode. We might have to break it up because it. Not like, to mention, we got to get into
0: hours worth of midichlorians, dude. Oh my
1: god, <laughs> dude! There's so much to deep dive. Like we're we could we've talked at length about Star Wars before, like off air. I can't believe we've never done Star Wars on this movie, like. Our nerd's gonna come out next week. It's gonna be wild.
0: It is, and it'll also be just one that uh yeah, we should have done a while ago, but I'm I'm glad we've waited till now because I, I feel like we might have butchered it. We might have, you know, really dropped the ball if we did it one of our first few episodes. Kind of like Space Jam. <laughs> Space <Yeah>. Jam <laughs> and Independence Day if I could redo, you know what I mean. Yeah. We might uh. redo Space Jam too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so tune just... into our uh the podcast feed, check that out, NBD Podbean, NBD.podbean.com. You can also send us an email, nostalgibedampod at gmail.com. And we're also what
1: on Facebook, Twitter, right, Ed? Facebook, Twitter. Uh, d- don't forget to write us a review on iTunes. Please do uh, that. Sp- yeah, please, please write. A oh, please write, just a review. write a review. I had to pay. F- I had to pay fifteen dollars for this fucking movie. The least you can do is write. Yeah, it's okay. Like that's that's all we're asking. <laughs> he owns just it to, like, forever. Give us, give us like a couple stars and be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I own the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two thousand three. Is right?
0: that in a library of its own? I don't want. Is it? it- How many other titles are in there?
1: Um. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna break it up.
0: Um, I really want to know: is this your YouTube or your Google? My YouTube. This is my
1: YouTube library purchases. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, Rick and Morty season three. That's it. That's all I have. (laughs) That's all it is. Wow, man. Yeah, what a fucking extensive YouTube library I've purchased.
0: Oh, that's so sad. You had to actually buy that movie. <laughs> Just like one
1: of like my favorite things on television, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, two
0: thousand three. Yeah, not the original. No, no, no. Every person ever, you, whenever you'd be like, oh, what do you got on YouTube? Oh, I got Rick and. Well, I got season three of Rick and Morty, um, and uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, let's watch TCM. Can't wait. Two thousand. Hang on. Hold, hang on, on a sec. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Two thousand three. Dude, Jessica Biel. <laughs> Come on. Oh, wait. Before we close out, I'm going to close out on this. There was a tagline, uh, a quote on the back of the DVD, I remember, that said, You want scary? This is scary. And it was so popular that they used that as a tagline, I remember. And I kept thinking, "That What a fucking confident
1: tagline. This is literally like the least <laughs> scary movie I've ever seen. <laughs> you want scary, Zach? This scary is scary. How shitty this movie is. Peace. <laughs> weep, 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 weep. All right. End the episode.